0: I'm Sam Carter.
1: And I'm Dean Lowry.
0: This is Carter and Lowry.
1: Let's get started. Welcome to Carter and Lowry, episode number 61. And uh, I'm deeply saddened to say that Miles Harb has apparently fallen asleep. Um, on this Tuesday night in Charlotte, North Carolina. Uh, he is sick. Um, maybe he, uh, you know, they say that winning is contagious, and um, he, he may have caught the fever um, because uh, I'm to congratulate the Georgia Bulldogs as the national champions. And uh, Sam, no introductions, no silly questions. Um, just give me your first reaction uh, to this game. Georgia uh, with the win, 33-18. Um, to 18. Sam, go. Um,
0: you know, first of all, congratulations, Miles specifically. Um, and then congrats to all the Georgia fans and obviously the team. As much as I hate uh, Georgia, you know, someone's got to beat Alabama. And it was Georgia this time. Um, you know, it was – I did not see the first half, uh, but from what the score looked like, it was a uh, pretty boring first half, maybe first three quarters. Yeah, that's how it was. Um, but, you know, you get later into the game, and, you know, it, it gets really, really interesting. Um, and obviously that pick six, you know, I can recall moments of Clemson football that felt like that. Um But it's just exciting, uh, especially, obviously, for Miles to have him finally get to do that, feel that way after 40 years of waiting. I I feel like I've heard that about 40 times. Um, But, you know, well done.
1: Yeah, and I will take you to the scoring highlights of the fourth quarter, uh, a very exciting quarter, maybe the most exciting quarter of the college football season. Um, Georgia enters the quarter – up uh, 13-9. Uh, Will Reichert kicks the 21-yard field goal. Um, and then uh, the craziness uh, that happens when Georgia gets the ball back. Stetson Bennett thought he threw an incomplete pass, and so did the Alabama defender. He barely keeps his toe in bounds as he laxadaisley picks it up. But what he didn't know is he actually recovered a fumble, completely changing the game. And uh, Sam, uh, just talk to me about that uh, fumble play.
0: You know, I think it's the right call. Um, Obviously, it didn't end up affecting Georgia completely. Um, But, you know, the ball was not going forward. Um, His arm was hardly in a throwing motion. Uh, I think that you could argue about this for a while. But I think that, you know, it was – did they overturn – did they call it an incomplete path? Yeah, they,
1: they called it correctly on the field.
0: They called it a fumble. Okay. Well, and that makes it even – I think I think that whichever way you call it on the field, you keep that. Um, but so, you know, they call it a fumble on the field. I think that it's the right
1: call. And uh, moving on, uh, Alabama did score a touchdown off that. Getting to 18 points, which was 13-18. How would Stinson Bennett respond? He responds greatly with a thirty, a forty yard uh, touchdown, just completely mossed. Um, yeah. And Donnie Mitchell, um, a great catch um, on the uh, young Alabama cornerback from um, Stinson Bennett. They failed the two point conversion. So they another up, nineteen eighteen. Uh, Alabama punts them. They get the ball back, throw for a touchdown to Brock Bowers. Um, a little over, the, like a little play action over a jumping Will Anderson, and uh, they make it in, and they uh, kick the extra point. I Had to go up twenty six eighteen, and then the moment, uh, Kaylee Ringo uh, with a ninety yard, seven um, pick. I mean, excuse me, seventy nine yard, uh, pick six, um, to steal the win uh, for the Georgia Bulldogs. And uh, Sam, I uh, just talk to me about you know what what was going through your mind during that play. Well,
0: first of all, uh, I was not cheering for either team. Um, you know, if it could end in a tie. That's what I would have picked. Um, but, you know, I really thought that Heisman winner Bryce Young would would lead Alabama to a touchdown and then take it to overtime and then, you know, what happens in overtime, we don't know. But um, obviously he did not do that. Um, and so that raises a question. Was Bryce Young really the correct Heisman winner? What do you think?
1: I think he was, um, just based off regular season performance. Um, But it was a shaky season. Obviously, it's a new Alabama quarterback. You know, they almost had those two losses. Um, They were staring down two losses uh, at uh, Jordan Hare, and then they escaped there. Um, That rhymes. It's not a crime. Uh, I'm Dr. Seuss, not a moose. Um, But... (laughs) I don't know. It's it's tough to say and I really think that uh I think that the heart the I mean I'm just going to say this. Georgia had the best offensive line and the best defensive line. Yeah. Had they not won this game, it would have been an embarrassment. It would have been an embarrassment. Hmm. You have to win this game. I think if they don't win this game, the talent level Kirby Smart would have been called into so much question. I think you're right. Um, but you know they got it done. Uh, no, I've been saying that for a while, actually. Because you
0: know, f- three, four, five years ago, he was winning the recruiting championship by miles. No pun intended. Um, you know, I, it's it's like how he didn't win a national championship before is ridiculous. You know, I think that, that Georgia fans should be exclaiming, like, finally, finally we win one, you know?
1: Yeah. Uh, almost had in 2018, uh, but they come back and they get it done. And uh, Sam, uh, obviously Bryson will be back next year for revenge. Um, do you think they should deservedly open as the favorite um, uh, for next year? Um, You know, I mean, they're
0: really good. I don't... I think that having preseason rankings is kind of dumb, honestly. Because, you know, Carolina was number 10. Clemson was number 2, 3. Oklahoma three. was number 2. Um, Alabama was 1. Georgia was 5. Like, that. The, the way it changes throughout the season is just ridiculous. I think you at least have to play one game. To get a full understanding, so I think that it's unfair to put that much pressure on Alabama to be the number one team. Mm.
1: Um, but speaking of that, uh, the wager early rankings have come out already for ESPN. I lifted them today, and uh, NC State was number eight, though Sam. Wow, um, so a lot of hope. Uh, great, uh, you know, return numbers there. Uh, Clemson was twelve, and uh, Alabama was one. Um, but you know, a long way to go. 244 days until college football will be back again. Um, But we'll have Miles Harb hopefully back next week, and then that will be the end of our college football segment, and uh, we'll be just down to three. Um, So, uh, Sam, any final thoughts on this season as a whole? Nope. All right, that's going to do it um, for this uh, edition of uh, college football on Carlton Lowry, and uh, we'll be right back with the NFL. Welcome back to Carter and Larry, and uh, we are back with our NFL segment. And uh, one man that is super excited is Sam Carter, whose Pittsburgh Steelers came from, you know, the deep depths of, you know, nothingness a couple weeks ago to a playoff berth. Big Ben is not going out in Baltimore. Uh, He'll go out in the playoffs, or I guess they could win the Super Bowl. Um, But Sam, did you expect this coming at all before we even talk about what happened? Um.
0: Honestly, I did not. I mean, I don't know that many people did. Um, you know, I I was actually watching the game for once. Um, and just you know, it was it's exciting. You know.
1: Yeah, and uh, you know everything had to happen right. Uh, there was no tie. Uh, the Raiders and Chargers could have kneeled out. Um. And for, the, uh, for them to both make the playoffs, they did not. Um, the Steelers win in overtime against the Ravens, 16-13. The Colts lose to the Jaguars, which is crazy. I guess Trevor Lawrence uh, did Sam one final favor. And um, they're going to the playoffs. They will play the Chiefs next week. Um, but we're going to give all of our picks for all the games. So I'm going to get started uh, in the NFC. And as the San Francisco 49ers made a huge comeback, they clinched their berth. Uh, with the six seed, and uh, looking at the NFL, uh, you know games for Super Bowl Card weekend next week. Um, you got uh, in the NFC the Bucks uh, taking on the Eagles. That's the game Sunday at one. The Cowboys and the 49ers, That game is Sunday at four thirty. And the Rams and the Cardinals. The game is on Monday at eight fifteen. And uh, Sam, want to take us to the AFC games?
0: So in the AFC, you got the Bengals versus the Raiders at four thirty on Saturday. The Bills versus the Patriots at eight fifteen on Saturday. And then the Chiefs take on the Steelers Sunday at eight fifteen.
1: Yeah, and the Titans and Packers clinch the uh, bye, and they will play the lowest remaining seed um, after Super Wild Card Weekend, as they're calling it. Um, but we're here now to give you our picks. Um, these are expert picks. These are the best picks mm-hmm. across the Internet, is Dean Lowry and Sam Carter. And uh, I'm going to start it off. off. I'm going to go me, and then we'll go Sam picking all the games. And uh, here we go. First, I'm going to take the Buccaneers uh, against the Eagles. I think the Bucs just have too much. Um, Tom Brady is on a quest, I um, feel, this year. But um, Antonio Brown, you know, I don't know. They might be shaky as an organization currently. And, uh, you know, it's uh, it's just going to be too much for them. And then I got the Cowboys. I think they're going to beat the 49ers. I think the season means too much to them. I think they're going to really push all the way after, you know, what I've seen these last uh, few weeks of the season. Uh, but I think they will win this week. And then I'm going to pick the Rams to beat the Cardinals. Um, and then I'm going to pick uh, the Chiefs to beat the Steelers. Sorry, Sam. Um, I think they just got too much. And then I'm going to pick uh, the New England Patriots an upset against the Bills. And I will pick the uh, Cincinnati Bengals to beat the uh, Las Vegas Rangers. So, Sam, uh, who do you got?
0: Um... I'm also going with the Buccaneers, um, in that second game, I think I'm going to have to go with the 49ers, um, and then I'm also going with the Rams, um, unfortunately, Dean, I think you're right about the uh, Steelers game, um, but you know, I gotta go Steelers for this one, we'll see what happens, um. But then I'm also going to go Patriots against the Bills. And then I'm going to go with the upset. Raiders take down the Bengals. No playoff wins for the Bengals since whenever.
1: Yeah, like was. 20 years. Uh, but Joe Burrow uh, has been uh, you know, very impressive uh, this year. Uh, so we'll see how all this breaks down. And Sam, why don't you tell me, um, of these six games, uh, which one intrigues you the most?
0: Um... I think the um either the Bengals versus the Raiders or the Cowboys versus the 49ers. I think both of those games are really interesting.
1: And uh, I just got to ask you, you know, you you got a little bit of the college football uh, rivalry here. Um, obviously, you know, there's a lot of good talk. You know, you got David Bowie, uh, Reed Weichel, who are both analysts on our show, big LSU fans. You know, claiming that that LSU team was so great. Um, They beat Clemson in the national championship. And, you know, Joe Burrow is already in the playoffs making noise, winning the division, while Trevor Lawrence is stuck in uh, Jacksonville. Uh, does that sting you a little bit, Sam?
0: Um, well, I mean, you just have to look at the teams that they, you know, were assigned. That's true. Um, I mean, uh, Joe Burrow has an outstanding receiving core. Um, and Trevor Lawrence just does not. You know, Joe Burrow also has a year in the league ahead of um, Trevor Lawrence. Obviously, he was injured, but still it counts. Um, I mean, I would say yeah, but, but I wouldn't expect that to necessarily last. Of course it could, but, you know.
1: And uh, finally, Sam, I got to ask you, um, you know, if you had to go with, um, you know, the three – uh picks that we made that were both, you know, the same. You know, we had the we picked the Bucks, the Rams and the Patriots the same. Uh which one of those could you see going the other way uh is as the most likely like the most the game that's most likely to go the other way than what we both picked? Um probably the the
0: Bills. I think that Josh Allen is pretty good. Um I could see them beating the Patriots.
1: Yeah, you know, you know they got a tough team. uh, Made it so far uh, last year. Bills Mafia is going to be there, um, but I really like the Patriots this year. I think they got a very stingy defense, and you always, you know, got a chance. We got Bill Belichick. Um, But Sam, any final thoughts here? Nope. All right, that's going to do it for our NFL playoff preview. And we'll be right back uh, with some NBA midseason grades. Welcome back to Carl Lowry, and uh, we are officially at uh, the midway point of the season uh, in the NBA. Exciting things are happening. The All Star break coming up in a month, um, but let's just talk about this week uh, for the Hornets. A great uh, week, going three and zero, exceeding Sam's expectations. Still eighth in the Eastern Conference, though at twenty two and nineteen. You know, great wins against the Bucks in close fashion, um, in back to back games, and then you obviously dominated the Pistons. Uh, but I do have to mention Kelly Oubre with eight threes in a quarter in the fourth quarter of that Pistons game. Very impressive. Um, one behind uh, the NBA record for that. Next week the Hornets will play the 76ers, who so they have not beaten in six years, uh, the Magic, and the Knicks on Martin Luther King Day. Uh, that game will be at 1 o'clock. So it interesting to see. And uh, Sam, why don't you give us our player of the week from last week?
0: So our player of the week has to be Terry Rozier again. I think this is three weeks in a row, at least two. Um, you know, 26 against the uh, Bucks the first time, then 27 last night. Um, he's putting up some pretty strong numbers. Um, you know, it's got to be him.
1: And uh, Terry has openly admitted that he wants to be an all-star this year. Um, do you see that as a possibility? Um
0: I I don't think so. Not this year. I think he definitely could be. Um but, you know, I just don't think that the Hornets have that widespread audience that that the larger market teams do. So yeah, I that is true. I don't see him being an all-star.
1: all star. Alright, why don't you give us our uh, goal for the week uh next week? So our goal for the week,
0: um let's see. I'm thinking three and zero after what we just did against the Pistons and Bucks, we we really got to beat the 76ers. um, and then you know the Magic and Knicks. Those are the Knicks is a big game, but you got to beat the Magic.
1: All right, and uh, now looking at the top dogs in the Eastern Conference, you got the Bulls still in the pack at twenty six and eleven, the Nets in second, uh. Added uh, to the mix is Kyrie Irving at uh, 25 and 14. The Heat have overtaken the Bucks after they lost twice to the Hornets. Um, Let's go. And uh, the Bucks sit in fourth place. So, Sam, why don't you take us uh, through the West?
0: So, our West, the uh, Golden State Warriors still in first at 30 and 9. Phoenix Suns in second, also at 30 and 9. The Utah Jazz coming in at third at 28 and 13. Then the Grizzlies at 28 and 14 and 4th.
1: And uh, last week uh, was a week of returns in the NBA, uh, two of them being uh, Kyrie Irving and Clay Thompson. Um, let's talk about this first one, uh, Kyrie going against the Pacers. Uh, he scored 22 points in 32 minutes. Uh, Sam, uh, how do you grade this on a scale of uh, A to F here? Um, I
0: would say B, um, just because he's been gone for so long. I think that is pretty impressive.
1: And uh, moving on to the next one, uh, we got the Warriors and the Cavaliers playing each other. Um, Clay Thompson has returned after almost 1,000 days, uh, very emotional. He got score on the first play of the game. He had a nice dunk in the first half, kind of got to go into the third quarter. He only played 20 minutes, uh, but he did have 17 points on a 6-for-12 shooting. And uh, Sam, how do you grade this performance?
0: Um, I'm also going to grade this one a B just because I think people had a lot higher expectations for this one. Um, but I think 17 points in 20 minutes is still pretty strong.
1: And uh, looking uh, ahead here, well, not I guess not ahead, but we are at the halfway point um, of the season. You know, we've got a lot of basketball left to play. Um, but six teams we feel have been very interesting to watch, uh, including our Hornets, and we're going to be grading them on a scale of A to F. I'm sure uh, if you got kids or if you are a kid, you know, you got those midterms coming up. Um, but this time, Sam Carter's your teacher, and uh, the students are NBA teams. And so uh, first up, Sam, we've got the Chicago Bulls exceeding all expectations, the number one seed of the half point of the season. Uh, where do you grade them?
0: Um, it's got to be an A. Um, you know, I don't know about anyone else, but I actually saw this coming. This is a superstar team. Um, you know, it, it is what it is.
1: And uh, I am going to agree, I've got to go a, um, you know, the Bulls have been amazing. I expected them to be like a six seed, but the one seed, uh, it's incredible. DeMar DeRozan playing absolutely magnificent. Uh, they're meshing so well. And I think they're going to be a very difficult out in the playoffs. Everybody wants to continue to talk about the Nets and the uh, Bucks, but I think that the Bulls uh, deserve to be the favorite in the East um, as of right now. And uh, the next team we're going to look at is the Los Angeles Lakers, who are sitting in eighth, um, just a couple games above 500. Um, Russ Westbrook has been in trade talks, so maybe that's all just rumors. Uh, Anthony Davis is currently hurt. Uh, they can't stop anybody. They haven't beaten a team over 500 uh, that's not the Mavericks in two months in 12 days. Sam, uh, how do you grade this Lakers team?
0: Um, this is a D. Because it is bad, and it keeps getting worse. Um, You know, there's not much more to add. I mean, you basically said everything.
1: And uh, I'm going to go with an F. Ooh. This is a failure. This is a team constructed to win a championship, and they cannot even beat a 500 team. They're so dysfunctional. I know Anthony Davis is out, but... They are a failure, and I predict right now. I'm saying it. I'm not going to guarantee it, but I'm saying it. The Lakers will miss the playoffs. Wow, this year. That's what I think. Uh, moving on to our next team, uh, Sam. We got the Memphis Grizzlies, currently in fourth. They've been there pretty much like the past five weeks, um, playing super strong with John Morant, uh, way ahead of the 15, the Denver Nuggets. Uh, how do you grade them? Um, you know, I
0: think given the talent that they have. Which is not a ton, you know it's gonna be hard not to give them an A, but I'm gonna go B just because it's not like they're they're the one seed, you know, so um, I think I'm outlawing B pluses and you know all that nonsense, so I'm just gonna go a flat B.
1: Um, I'm gonna go uh, with an A. Um, I think they deserve it. Um, John Mraz playing spectacularly. The block he had against the War—I yeah. mean, the Lakers—the uh, reverse angle. I mean, like full extension. That was like the Michael Jordan block at uh, Madison Square Garden in '91, uh, where he hang- hung on the side of the backboard. I mean, he's just a super special talent. And uh, LeBron said he's got rockets in his calves. Um, hmm. Just a sensational player. And I think deservingly a candidate uh should be in top 5 conversations for the MVP this year just because of the way you know he really doesn't have any kind of an all-star caliber player beside him um he's been playing spectacularly and uh moving on we got the Milwaukee Bucks Sam um
0: you know I gave the Lakers a d I don't think that the actually the Bucks are way ahead of the Lakers I think um so I'm going to I'm going to refrain from giving them that low of a grade. I'm going to say a C. I think that I at least I would have expected them to be way
1: way higher than they than they are, you know. And uh I am uh, going to go with a B. Um I feel like, you know, I, like Sam said, I expect them to be a little bit higher. Uh, they struggled a little bit uh, with the injuries of Dante DiVincenzo and Chris Middleton a little bit. He's been hurt. Um, Giannis playing spectacular again. Um, but P.J. Tucker missing, I think, could be big on the defensive side of the ball for them. Um, and their offense has not looked too sharp recently. Obviously, they only put up 99 against the worst defense in the league, that being the Hornets. Um, but, you know, uh it's just going to be a, a long road uh, to a repeat, I think, for this team. Uh, but looking at a team that is maybe in the best position in the NBA, it's the Golden State Warriors. Sam, uh, where do you uh, put them here? Um,
0: this team is an A, and you know, I there's not much to say about it. But Steph Curry, you know, I mean, I feel like four years ago in 2016, everyone. Uh, or I guess not four years ago, but however many it was, um, you know, like the the little three feet tall Steph Curry fanboys. I hate to be one of those, but you know, it's pretty freaking good.
1: Uh, that's that's one way to put it. But uh, yeah, uh, they're gonna just keep getting better. I think they're the best offensive team in the league, and maybe the top in the top five in defense when they get Draymond back. I think they're going to be very scary. And uh, I think this is a, finally a chance for Steph to prove himself and win that elusive finals MVP. I think they'll win the championship this year. That's my prediction hmm. um, right now. Um, but still a lot of basketball left to play. Um, but, um, you know, obviously I'm going to go uh, with an A. And, uh, Sam, finally you got the Charlotte Hornets, for the, who for the first time in over a decade – are above five hundred um, at um, the uh, midway point of the season. We only played seventy-two last year. Uh, but did you know that last year went through forty-one games? The Hornets were twenty-two and nineteen, and were in fourth uh, in the East. That's how bad uh, the East is was last year compared to this year. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, Sam, what do you uh, grade them so far?
0: Um, you know, since they are my team, I'm gonna go. I'm going to grade them tough. I'm going to say that there were games that we really should have won early in the season um, and even further into the season. You know, like you got to win that overtime Celtics game right at the second, third game of the season. So I'm going to go with a B. Um, I think that that is kind of low. Um, I think maybe they deserve an A. But, you know, I'm a tough grader.
1: And uh, I am going to also go, I'm going to go B minus. Um, whoa, were,
0: whoa, whoa. No, no minuses. Okay, that fine. I'm,
1: not. I'm going to B. Um, they, I wouldn't say they've underperformed. You know, I would think they'll be in a higher position, uh, considering um, I do not think the Eastern Conference is going to be this good. Um, but they have a lot of games at home. They've been very good at home. So I think that You know, 48, 50 games could be in the realm of possibility for this team. Um, This next stretch is super important. Um, Our next, like, eight games, like, seven of those teams are below 500. Um, So Mm -hmm. really got to make a stand here. Go on a run and establish yourself in the middle of the Eastern Conference hunt just to avoid the play-in tournament. That's all I want is to avoid the play-in tournament. And I think they can do it. Um, but right now it's not an A because, like Sam said, they've lost some games that they, they should have won. Um, they've played some pretty bad defense at times, uh, but still um, probably one of the best uh, three offensive teams uh, in um, you know, the association. And uh, I think the, the most exciting team to watch. And uh, so I'm glad to have them. Uh, but right now it's a B for me. But Sam, any final thoughts here?
0: nope No.
1: All right, that's going to do it for this NBA midseason grade segment, and we'll be right back with college basketball. So, welcome back to Carlin Lowry in our college basketball segment, and uh, we are back uh, with some big news, a lot of shakeup uh, in the ACC this week. Um, but first, let's talk about our national scoreboard. Um, Kentucky losing to LSU. LSU's been very good uh, this year. And Ohio State, number 13, going down to Indiana, 67-51. In Miami, going into Cameron door and taking down Duke, um, Sam, what is your reaction to, to this Miami win? Um,
0: I mean, I didn't watch the game, but maybe this shows that Miami's legit. Um, but all I know that it that America wins when Duke loses. Um, mm. They're kind of the Alabama of college basketball. Actually, I wouldn't go that far, but maybe on a hatred. Scale, yes,
1: <laughs> and uh, looking at the uh, next week, um, Baylor versus Texas Tech is really you got some other solid games, but uh, that's really the game of the week. Uh, next week, I can smell an upset, uh, in that one. And uh, looking at the top dogs uh, in the ACC, uh, we got Miami at 5 0. Sam said they might be legit, and uh, there at first. Are you scared of this Miami team, uh, for the Tar Heels right now? Um,
0: I mean yeah, I I I don't think that you should take any team in the ACC for granted. Um you know, I feel like I feel like in the past 5 years, every every ACC team has kind of had their moment. Not maybe it wasn't super big, but you know, Georgia Tech was really good last year, but you know, they have obviously f- fallen off a little bit. So yeah, I think I think Miami is something to be worried about as of right now. Um, but you know, basketball is a is a you know you don't like. It depends on how the game goes. You can't really prepare necessarily for certain teams.
1: Yeah, and uh, running down the list, you got Louisville at four and one, Notre Dame at three and one, and North Carolina three one, rounding out the top four. And the Tar Heels are 3-1 in the conference uh, after a loss to Notre Dame. Tough loss there. Really did struggle from the free throw line. Almost made the comeback. A uh, pretty good fight there. Um, but a great dominant win uh, against Virginia at home on Saturday. Uh, the Tar Heels are 11-4 on the season. And next week they'll play Georgia Tech. Uh, that's their lone game on Saturday. And we do have to talk about Armando Baycott putting up mm. Tyler Hansborough-esque, maybe Anton Jamison-esque. Wow. Uh, Providence High alum, where Sam goes
0: exactly. Um,
1: putting up twenty nine and twenty one versus Virginia, and uh, Sam after the previous two years of Armando Bacot, you know he's putting up these numbers. He put up twenty and twenty against Notre Dame. You know, did you see this coming at all?
0: Um, no, I did not. But I'm not going to say that I didn't. I didn't think it would n- happen necessarily. Um I mean he was always a good player as a like even back to freshman year. Um but I mean I didn't I didn't think he would be putting up numbers like this and we'll see if if it, if it kind of regresses back. Um but you know, it's exciting to have a a guy like this who can score
1: yeah, and uh, he's definitely a candidate uh, for the ACC Player of the Year and definitely looking like uh, going to seal up that spot um, for all ACC first team. Uh, so we'll see how it goes. Um, but the Heels looking ahead. You know, got a big game against Miami in the next couple of weeks. Uh, and then inevitably at the beginning of February, um, Duke will come knocking on the door of the Dean mm-hmm. Dome, and it will be time uh, to settle it um, for the last time Coach K in the Dean Dome. Hopefully, we'll have Will Damus talk about that one, but uh, super exciting stuff uh, they see this year with uh, obviously Coach K's last season, and uh, there's going to be a lot of emotion uh, surrounding the Carolina Duke rivalry. And uh, Sam, before we before we end this episode, I got to ask you: um, Are you more excited for the Coach K's last game at the Dean Dome or his last game in Cameron um, against the Tar Heels? Um. I
0: think, as a lifelong dookie hater, I'm more excited for the one at Cameron Indoor. If you win that game, I mean that's it's over at that point. You might as well just cancel the rivalry. Um, whoa, <laughs> nah I'm joking. but you know, I think that that if Carolina wins a game, Hubert Davis first-year coach takes down possibly the, the greatest college basketball coach of all time. I don't think people would disagree with that. In um, his last game at home, you know what I'm saying?
1: Yeah. Um. So, as you're saying that, even if the Tar Heels won, I mean, lost every single game besides that one, uh, would it make the season to win that game?
0: Um. It would, it would that night, and then the next day, it, 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 we'd feel like, you know, you don't just give up the whole season for that. Okay. It,
1: All right. Uh, well, I can respect it, uh, but a lot of emotion uh, is going to be coming out uh, in the next uh, few weeks. Hopefully COVID uh, can stay away uh, from the yeah. ACC because there's just so much great basketball to be played. Um, so I just can't wait. Um, but that's going to do it for episode number 61 of Carl Lowry. You know, from us next Tuesday.